Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello to my peoples, what it be. Uh, thank you as always for the continued love and good reviews on Huey Off The Record. We love making these pods for you and hearing from you on the social keeps it up, man. Spread the word. It's Brooklyn Way, y'all. Now, if you haven't already, go back and check out the back catalog. We got stories for days from rock and roll insiders that you won't hear anywhere else. Tim Latham, DJ Uncle Mike, Goldie, DJ Die, Ricky Gervais. The kind of motley crew you'd only find with me, Huey, on Off The Record. So today we got on the pod a guy named Ben Collins. You might know him as the Stig from Top Gear. Now, Ben is a race and stunt driver who's worked on some huge Hollywood productions, including the most recent Bond movies. Ben and I met recently when he rode shotgun with me in a Lamborghini on a TV show we were shooting together. And in our conversation today, we get deep into car culture in the UK versus the US. He tells stories about the most badass stunts he's worked on in the movies and the most badass drivers he coached on Top Gear. And, of course, all the beautiful cars he gets to total for his day job. What an amazing dude. Now, when you do a pod with me, it's not just we show up and we chat. I brought a pack of Oreos and there's a little uh, ear crunching going on. But, you know, that's how it goes. I'm telling you that so you can get over it because man's got to eat his, his Oreos when he's chilling with the stig. Anyway, this is my man, Ben Collins. So kick back, enjoy, and get some driving ticks from the man. This dude's a G. We did it in the middle of a park in Bristol. Very cool. All right. Here. I'm here with Ben Collins. We're not on the moors. We're in a beautiful park, beautiful day, chilling in Bristol. And uh, how you doing, man? Good. Yeah, we're at the Durham Downs. It's fantastic here. Yeah, it's sun's real, up. It's super nice, and I'm just making sure I got my wind sock on my thing because people have been complaining about my lack of audio niceness. The wind break. It's a bit windy. Yeah, I mean you got to have one of those things. Kind of works. I mean maybe we'll kind of break the wind. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, good, good sound effects. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Put that in post. Now, we met doing, well, we met a couple weeks ago doing a, a TV show together, but I had known of you for a long time, and I know a lot of people that had run into you and said, like, this dude's awesome. And when I heard I was going to do this thing with you, I was like, I can't wait to meet you. And I think we met, and then, like, ten minutes later, we were driving out of town in a Lamborghini together. Uh, you were riding a shotgun. And I tell you, man, we, we had a really cool conversation, and you're a lovely dude in the respect that, you know, like, all the things that you've done... I think I think have kind of gotten you to a really cool place, right? Like we were talking about like family and stuff like that, because I'm big on my family too, right? But we were talking about stuff like that when we were driving out, and then I forgot, like, oh shit, I gotta ask this dude about all the cool shit you do, because we were talking about other stuff. So this is kind of what this is. Awesome. <laughs> but okay, so if, if people don't know the show Top Gear, then they're not really too into cars, I would imagine. That's around the world, right? Yeah, it's um, I mean, the the crazy thing with Top Gear is how the way it transcended cars, yeah, so it's yeah. become a big entertainment thing and uh, for me being certainly when I began my time there I was very camera shy very happy to be on TV as long as I didn't get seen and didn't have to speak so the stick job was ideal you know that was uh, got to do the fun driving stuff and get to meet hundreds of people for their training kind of like what we did the day out in the Lamborghini a day in the life yeah 
and just explore it's just a fun way to meet someone because no, no two people behave the same way drive the same way think the same way yeah. and uh, yeah it's fun playing with that it's kind of it's kind of like you're jamming with people who aren't as good as a guitar player as you is that that's kind of what i took away from me like i'm i'm willing to jam with anybody it doesn't matter how good they are because i have fun playing music yeah you're the same way i have fun you know with automobiles and stuff and i thought that was really cool because you you were really nice to me man and i'm a horrible driver <laughs> i'm not horrible but i'm not like with that kind of car i'm not like a technically great driver you th- so you think maybe i mean uh well, i don't know why do you say that because actually well, you're I, pretty smooth and, and I just nothing took you by surprise yeah because i didn't really rush in anything i didn't think i was too uh tenacious when it came to certain kind of things i was and i think that just comes down to my age that i'm i'm just kind of like i'm not out to yeah. you know to kick the ass of that turn i just want to get around the turn well, everyone has, has a comfort zone. Yep. So um, I guess on that track day we did, we, we, te- we started to tease that a little bit. And because you, you're pretty smooth, uh, as you know, maybe you already knew that. Well, that, I was driving uh, through London. Anybody could drive through London and, and play hip-hop music. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty easy. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. You do find out more, so and, and you get information overload. I mean, I've, I have never tried to... I have vaguely tried to learn a musical instrument. It didn't end well for the instrument or for me, really. But... Um, you get to a point where you can only take in so much information mm-hmm. and especially with the time that I used to get on the show 45 minutes was the max but actually people really? couldn't really ingest any more information than, than that and you take it in breaks kind of spurts of 10 minutes until their, their mind couldn't take any more without a break then kind of go away reflect on it come back and it sinks in and I'm sure it's the same with picking up music and was that something you learned doing the show over time like okay this is you know week 37 or episode 37 i got the 37th person i've kind of i've had i have a curriculum that i can kick to them and kind of let them know what's up yeah pretty much in the car park before you even drive off Mm -hmm. you get an idea of what you're in for because you can and you can also tell if someone's frightened or if they're overconfident cocky they know it all already yeah um or if they're you know crazy like ranoff so ranoff finds who i admire greatly he's a big hero really he was a nut yeah he's he's been in the sas he's been all he's climbed every mountain he's done every peak he he had a heart attack and then did a a, a marathon in every concert you figured he'd drive it like he stole it right i mean which he did and uh, i knew from reading up on him extensively I saw this he just gave this thousand yard stare and I knew he he was I mean my my presence in the car with him was irrelevant right. I don't think he was going to listen to it <laughs> and he was he shot off and uh, so I actually I shouted at him for a little while ineffective so I had to actually punch him a little in the helmet and then then we were talking so he, okay. he really he remembered I was there yeah I guess with those types of personalities it must be challenging to kind of get your your point across to him without you know because I mean, it is. It could, consider it could. It could be a really life and death situation if they're completely off the rails. I mean, that guy's pretty much. He danced with on the razor's edge for the last fifty years, so he's cool. Yeah. But like you know, like you get some. So you get like some singer or something like that, and they're like in their twenties, and they're like, I'm just going to drive this thing crazy, and you're like, Yo, you're going to kill us all. You yeah. can't do that, you know. Like Simon Cowell. Yeah. <laughs> so we, he was great. So he was fast, actually twice, and then um, <clears throat> the trick we always play with these tracks is you um, you teach the person you never show them what the maximum speed of that car is you never do oh that. yeah yeah you don't so, tell them that either man yeah That's crazy so with, uh, with Simon I, we taught him then I did a demo ride sped around the track in a supercar this Noble and then they said oh hey why don't you let him drive now which was never on my list and I, if they'd asked me at the beginning I'd have said no we'll let him drive the supercar then I'll show him and so he he tried to mimic and he was really a good, a good mimic really for a, a, all of four corners but there are seven corners to yeah, get around and yeah. number five was the 100 mile an hour so we, we spun off but up to that point he was kind of hanging on he was kind of copying was he smoking cigarettes while he was doing it probably in between and he, not he, he smokes so those crazy menthol cigarettes those, he must he must have hung out in America because they're like called cool 100 yeah they're like cigarettes that you that you trade in jail for shit. And when I used to smoke, I hung out with him at some party. And I was like, hey, you got a cigarette, man? And he pulled out one of these things. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you know, there's only two reasons why you have one of those. And uh, Bad breath or jailhouse. <laughs> exactly. And he thought that was funny. So that's how I, I knew him. But he was always like, he has that crazy... Uh, was it a Rolls Royce with like fur on, yeah. the, on the bottom? I mean, he's just out of his mind. And you could tell that he would be one of those troublesome dudes that would try to take the car like I'm I'm God or something like that you know you could see him saying something like that he did it his own way but he had a (laughs) he had a natural feel so he actually produced quite a good good lap time yeah he had a Um, good one he claims he cheated but I never saw that and I used to have didn't have binoculars but I used to watch pretty closely I, I didn't think he cheated 
Yeah. Dude, so when, when I would, uh, we were talking like when you first started, you started pretty late. You said in driving. Yeah. Which is weird because I I started looking into that because I was like, that's not late. That's like where you you decide what you want to do with your life. But you were saying it was kids start really young, right? They do. They start at age six or seven. Damn. I was competing, but in a swimming pool at that age, and that was a good outlet that got me out of the house, and mm. and so I didn't drive my mum crazy. Get in the pool and, and just keep swimming and swimming until you've got no energy left. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the way to go, man. But I loved the competition side. You know, getting the, uh, the those ribbons. The you know was I kind of lived for that. That really thrived on it. And I loved the team sports, especially like the relays. I would always get the best time in that because it brought out something extra. So, so you're competitive. Yeah. From a young age, man. I loved it, and yeah. and then growing up on a farm. I, was, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, but we didn't have fighter planes at the farm, but we had quad bikes. So I, I used to pinch that thing and drive the wheels off it. And again, you know, there's a regular complaint why it's got no fuel and the tires are bald and everything. <laughs> so I was driving this thing really badly. All the time, though, learning kind of car control techniques and speed-related stuff. But Trial and error stuff, yeah, though, right? Literally, yeah. Uh, Francis took a hard pounding and the quad took a pounding. I rolled it a few times. Let's ditch it a hillside up. Now, acquired knowledge like that, and I don't mean to take it off on a tangent, but now, like, people could say, oh, I want to learn how to be a better driver. They can buy a book, for instance, like your book, or they can go on YouTube or something like that and learn tricks and things. Back when you had to acquire knowledge through trial and error, that's, I think, well, it will never leave you. That's kind of when we were walking over here, and I was saying it's kind of like how John Coltrane can handle a certain bunch of yeah. notes at the same time and know what to do next. Was that, like in you from day one yeah I, I just loved it you can hear especially on those bikes it's only like 250 cc you can hear the rhythm of the pistons mm-hmm. you know what gear you're in you get a feel for this so you and you're feeling the thing sliding you're feeling you're hearing the pistons you're hearing the, the rpm you're gauging the speed visually and um yeah by practice and and making a lot of stupid mistakes but the great thing is where where we live there were buildings there were trees farmhouses and all that kind of stuff around so you kind of had areas that you could drive repetitively yeah. and make a kind of circuit so yeah I think you learn, learn by feel that way which is how they used to race in the old days they did before data and tech yeah. now I still make you know there's no subsequent there's no um, substitute for real life experience but you've got virtual VR now with, yeah. uh, with the games books I used to read up on Aaron Senna and other heroes Gilles Villeneuve these big heroes of mine about how they approach things yeah, well, it's uh, a psychology of, of of how you know because it's kind of like any instrument of expression I always think I mean your car is your instrument of expression you can do it like no other person could do it right because you're unique to that experience and I always thought it was interesting when those dudes were writing books because I'm not necessarily like a driver but I like the idea of the human condition and how it applies itself to driving because it's a it's like it's like a 20th century thing it's not old it's not like 200 years ago people would drive and maybe they're riding horses yep. is that like an equivalent maybe? it is I think so I mean, obviously the animal's got a mind of its own yeah. but you're still feeling forces of friction yeah. um, you're feeling the g-loading I mean, I, was, I went to, to Rome and it was great to see yeah, the Colosseum and everything but the, I forgot the name of the, um, the the track there where they used to race the, but they used to race these chariots yeah and um, I forgot it too I was there with my mom just a couple months ago that. I was probably standing there too I probably have a picture of my mom and me on it with the road sign yeah <laughs> here come those Oreo cookies yeah you want an Oreo man <laughs> Circus Maximus oh yeah okay yeah right. okay and that's uh, it's yeah, a really great place in Vegas called Circus Maximus too is. yeah <laughs> it sounds expensive yeah oh, it is but that that's it was an oval shape like a hairpin which is you know Speedway is hugely popular on bikes as well as in NASCAR and, and IndyCar, but those guys would have been li- with very very similar forces, and w- it's just bizarre if you think that our bodies are, gay- are built for running speed. Yeah. But we adapt very very quickly and, and powerfully to much much higher speeds. Our, our brain is able to process information much quicker than we would expect. That always freaked me out, and I thought when cars started going really fast, and even I guess that was the advent of, of like power to air flight. You know, like the they they were going maybe 50 60 miles an hour in the beginning that was like super fast it was like double the fastest guy kind of thing yeah but the brain does adapt so quickly did you know when you do you think doing all the uh all the quad bike stuff when you're a kid got your eye hand or your brain kind of into a certain gear that because i mean do you think do you do that with everything can you anticipate better than most people can in different situations 
I think with the, the speed thing, it's, it's really interesting. So it forces you to look to think further ahead and look ahead. Mm-hmm. Because um, if you're looking near focused, we talked about this on our day out. Yeah, yeah. You, everything's That's what like, I'm asking. Yeah. Job, right? Everything takes you by surprise. Um, oh, no, I broke your mic. I was only on break. I mean, yeah, the, the speed relationship, the further you look ahead, the slower things get coming. It takes, you've got much more time to absorb things. And then through competition, actually, my entire life changed because I realised I would turn up minus a sock or a, you know, a balaclava or you leave uh, your race licence at home. You look like an idiot. You're completely ill-prepared and it screws up your performance. So mm-hmm. I used to get these... I used to have these sleepless nights before a race the night before. Now I would get them... I get them three months in advance because it's telling me you haven't got your stuff and it takes three weeks to order something or make you know is your license in date all that junk that you can park and get out of the way yeah. and then you start getting into routines of learning the track so I might use our project car simulator to go and learn that track and start playing with ideas um, work up thoughts towards where where our car's going to be who I'm going to be competing with where you might do an overtake and I was listening to an interview by Valentino Rossi which sums mm. it up and he did this crazy move he went around the I can't remember where it was Valencia or somewhere he went around the outside of someone at a chicane where you would never go mm. he jumped a curb and won the race in the last corner of the last lap and they said what where did that come from he said it's strange but I dreamt about it on Friday and then I did it today wow so that's all mental preparation yeah, and then yeah. it's not a reaction it's you've planned it yeah I guess the subconscious works a lot harder than we think it does but I, I, I guess if you prepare and, and it is all the little things too like I, I I would say I'd used to go through things like that where I'd say oh, I need my guitar picks you know, I need to order my guitar picks for that tour. I got to make sure I have those cables, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, I could start thinking about the music. You know what I mean? It's, it is kind of one of those things where I guess your brain has to, has to, I guess the subconscious has to feel secure enough yeah. in the whole situation, right? To open up, yeah, yeah. that's it. You now, with the book that you wrote, I, 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 I think it should be mandatory reading, really. <laughs> Thank that, you. I, I mean, for a lot of reasons, it's, it's, well, it's well put together. It's greatly written. I mean... I, I find it, it interesting because I'm technically a new driver here in this country, right? Now, in the book, you don't talk about countries or anything like that, but you talk about how to approach certain certain things. And in a lot of ways, I, I, I was I was thinking it was a lot of ways it's a kind of a self-help book. Yeah. But also a, a very good book on how to drive as well. Now, when you were writing it, was that kind of one of the things that kind of you started seeing that happening? I've just made a ton of mistakes growing up, and um, I just think it, it's... See, most people don't own their mistakes, and yeah. that's one of the things I found really cool about this book. You're like, look, you know, if you could screw something up, I probably got my hand in that at some point. Yeah. So here, you know, with that, I learned this. You know, I think that's important. You learn from all that stuff. Painful mistakes, too, oh, yeah. you know, especially with cars. <laughs> you hit stuff, I drove into a truck, I burst a kidney. Well, that's, that's, that's putting it... It's a little exaggerated, yeah. but but not too far from the truth. Um, and, and actually... You, you also when you I've done a lot more reading and research about it and um, those near misses I've had for others that's per, it's a permanent it's either they've killed themselves killed someone yeah. hurt whatever and um, actually with a minimal bit of effort you can really steer clear of that stuff literally so I really really enjoyed um, the research I did and then I tried to put it in a, in terms that anybody could understand which is the way that human beings communicate which is stories mm-hmm. so stories from mistakes fun crazy stuff I did as a kid racing movies all that good stuff to try and bring it to life a little and um, yeah I'm glad you like it it makes sense um, because it's stuff I you like can good, read and try yeah, it so. I know I like good stories and the, the, one of the things I thought when I was reading it was kind of like when you read uh, one of those old Japanese books by those uh, like martial arts experts, like the kendo experts and stuff like that, they're they're, <laughs> they're letting you know from a perspective of look, I, I know how to do this, but they're being almost. I mean, genteel is mm-hmm. kind of almost. I, I think that's the word I'm looking for. It's like you look, you're not you're not saying, look, man, I know you're probably going to make this mistake that I made. You're like, you, you don't even bring that up. It's it's more like, these are mistakes I made, I've learned from it, and look, and people know you and respect you, so they're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm totally going to be into this story. Yeah. And they're, and they're in that way that, for me, I just, I could put the book down. I think it's awesome. And you and you gave me the signed one with the with the typos. That's it. Which I thought was awesome. I still have to get some... <laughs> I've got to work here. on those it's typos. It's incomplete in my brain. I can't figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's true. I think breaking it down to the simple, simple stuff, and there's just some things that are so you know, 
people if someone's make, listening, mistakes. if someone's listening and they're driving now, because a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're driving. Obviously, don't dick around with your settings right now. It's no. not a good time to do that. But like something they can maybe apply as they're listening to this podcast. Is it, I know it's kind of weird sounding like. Yeah. Well, it's like what you said. The sensei is the warrior's way. You look mm-hmm. further ahead and look wider, mm-hmm. and um, feel your peripheral vision, and suddenly you've got this whole new world. A lot of people are near focused. It's on the stereo button or anything inside the car. It's looking up, looking wider. And that's something you can start playing with. You can you can look straight ahead and still feel a car approaching a junction to left and right. Yeah. So you've got this 360 because also what's coming up behind you. Um, there's always the um, the opportunity of missing something that that's outbreaked itself uh, on the way to that tra- traffic light or whatever. I think it's just having that awareness and um, particularly, you know, people drive a lot. It's quite easy to just get bored. And yeah. actually being alert is quite invigorating, and um, as well as listening to podcasts. Yeah, well, that's I'm, kind of what we keep some people that. awake right now, yeah. which is a good thing, yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of that, especially Audible now, I'm well into that, it's great. Yeah. Like, storming through books. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, I, I always figure if, you know, the one thing I thought that was lost was the printed page, but now I'm seeing all this great stuff. I mean, I have, I read books on my device now. Yeah, I just when I'm at night, I just do the reverse thing, so it's just the letters are white and the page is black. I mean, I read more now than I think I used. To, I read a lot, but I I read more probably now with devices than I did with books. Yeah. Because also my wife was like, "No, you read that book already. You gotta get rid of it." I was like, "No, no, 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 you don't get it." But now we don't have that argument. That's good, and you yeah. can squeeze it into a Kindle or something like that. Yeah, and you just get one of those. You know, and, and I guess you can. It's in the cloud, which I don't know what is up at the cloud. But speaking of the clouds, word has it right. We can't talk about this. I know this, okay. but where it has it that you, your work in movies has reached a, 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 a level where you're very happy with stuff you were telling me without mentioning anything. But I wanted to ask you how you got into the movies because first getting into the movies as and it was it as a as a stunt driver initially. Yeah, by accident. Because um, you were racing. So you were, you said you were racing stuff. I was. I was racing in, t- in 2007. I was doing a GT championship with a with a team called Ascari. This amazing supercar. And um, we'd had some great results, mm-hmm. and um, I just put the car in pole position. We're racing in Romania on this mad street track, really bumpy, right. aggressive place. So it's bordered by concrete. Oh, do they kind of like take the people out of the city and put the put the track there, kind of thing? Exactly. Right. Yeah, they block it. Like so it's the Monaco of um, of Eastern Europe. They could do that in Eastern Europe. They're just like, don't don't come into town today. Why? We're yeah. doing a race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they probably clicked their fingers two days before, and it, <laughs> yeah. it happens. Yeah. So we were there, and, and uh, it went from you know very high to very low. Across the checkered flag, the session was finished. I had the pole, mm-hmm. and a guy um, hit my car. Um, he came out of the pits behind, didn't, didn't see it. There was a crash in front of us, and he took me around, spun me into that crash car. I broke four ribs and a, and a bone in my neck. So that was a, I came from 130 to a dead stop in a very short space. And with that, the, the G-forces in the racing are pretty punishing, and, and diff- I couldn't do it with broken ribs. Yeah. So um, I missed the next race, and then they had to get some, you know, someone else in. So I had about sort of two months where I needed income, <laughs> and yeah, nothing was going on. And uh, just a, a, a meeting I'd had the previous year led to a phone call, and they literally within the week they hired me for the, for this film, for to double Nicolas Cage movie called um, uh, National Treasure 2 L- little movie called National Treasure what yeah. they steal in that one they, they stole the Declaration of Independence in the first one it was a map like a treasure map oh yeah oh, yeah. they lit it to all the all the, the gold that was underneath that That's mason it. thing yeah, you know? yeah. It, uh, there was. A, I think the map was kind of in the dollar bill yeah 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 took I them around London good movie man got chased by Ed Harris <laughs> who can drive oh Ed Harris got some skills he has got skills I like him he, he's, a, he's a great actor he always plays like the remember the abyss yeah uh, that was one of my favorite movies yeah and the right stuff yeah right. oh yeah he's, he's great in that yeah. but yeah the abyss is awesome i watched him he, he tore off in a range rover and uh had a big camera mount on the side of the car really hard messes with your head you know you can kind of gauge how wide your car is to squeeze yeah. through gaps with the wing mirrors yeah but when you add on a hundred thousand dollar camera which is sitting a foot and a half away and he either didn't care or just um he just had it <laughs> dialed he, he tore off and skimmed past like a telegraph pole and then a lamppost with a few inches on, on, on each side. I thought, wow, and he wasn't hanging around. He just nailed the shot. <laughs> I wasn't needed for that one. I'll be in my trailer. It. Okay, man. Yeah, he was good. But uh, that was fun. Cause, so Nicholas Cage, I was in what's called a pod car where I would sit on the roof with the oh. steering wheel. He oh, was inside. Yeah, I've heard about these. Nothing. All right, so this is some stuff I tried to explain to my wife badly. All right, so it's a car, yeah. and then it's got on top of the car's hood, yeah. or, yeah, a hood, there's a steering column and a dude. Yeah, a dude. So it's like a double-decker car, right? Yeah. So underneath, it's so they, it, they can do real, like, shots at a city and not have to really drive at the same time. Correct. Right? Yeah. So some of these stunt sequences, 
Because these are the tow people, right? Or, or do yeah, they fake do shit that. in the background where it's just kind of the same street kind of going behind you all the time? Yeah, towing is classic. Yeah. Because, so the actors are there, they're having conversation, and you see them wiggling the steering wheel, yeah. um, and the scenery's going by. But if you saw the whole picture, basically they're on a on a trailer being pulled along by a truck, mm-hmm. which isn't as sexy as the whatever it is, the Ferrari that they've yeah. got mounted on the, on the trailer. Um, so we go one level next, which is to... By mounting the pod on the roof, basically just got the car, and it means you can mount cameras everywhere, and you can still see the car sliding, smashing, going through traffic. Because they just edit you off, right? Yeah, just cuts it out. And so when we're rehearsing, maybe one scene takes a week to get it all dialed in. You've got stunt pedestrians jumping in and out of the way of the car. You've got Mm. other trucks weaving in and out of traffic. Um, It would just take it too long and too risky to to risk an actor and put them through that. So Mm. the pod really puts them right in the middle of it. Yeah, the movies they're making are like hundreds of millions of dollars like I remember back when I was younger someone spent 10 million on a film I was like what what is this Jaws movie yeah. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing but are you, are, the thing that I find really amazing is like in in a lot of movies and we were talking about this that are coming out now where they could do computer generated stuff they're actually going live action yep which is, I mean, it's good for us who love the movies and the real stuff, but it's also good for you too because you get yeah. to drive in movies and stuff. Why do you think they're doing that as opposed to just going, hey, we're just going to draw? Because you said that in the post they can take things out. Yeah. Like they do magical shit, obviously. So yeah. to keep that, like, they also they also keep a lot of the real stunts in. Is it for, like, you know, is it for, like, street cred where they go, we have real stuff? Or? I think you definitely get street cred. And, and also the outtakes are more interesting than looking at a Ghana keyboard mm. in the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, like, this, this is where we made that scene, and it's, it's, a, it's a windowless room somewhere in wherever. <laughs> Some it's guy in eyes yeah. drawn on an iPad. It's not as sexy. <laughs> but I, I know that with the Bond franchise, they, they started to play with CGI, and they felt that there was a backlash. That people yeah. resisted it because they well, felt... Well, Moonraker, real man. Did you see Moonraker? I love Moonraker. Uh, I mean, but but Because we were younger when we saw it, but you look at it now, you're, you're like, what kind of trash is this? Yeah, <laughs> we, we were a lot more forgiving in the 80s. Yeah, we were. Do- I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, what was it? When Star Wars came out, we were like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And now it's kind of like they had George Lucas had to go redo it. He was so yeah. embarrassed, you know. Well, HD is is murderous because yeah. the detail is incredible. And actually, I was thinking about this. Like some of the horror effects from those days are much. I, well, sometimes they look comedy. Sometimes they look terrifying. You see every every pixel now. Yeah. So, with the action side of it. I think it's much more impressive knowing there's a human being. So Bond now, there's no CGI. It's all so real. they kind of led the way with a kind of counter CGI, yeah. especially all like the opening sequences in all those movies were always like, holy moly. Yeah. And it's hard to believe yeah. actually that there is a person in them. And I watched Talladega Nights actually, which, which is great. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. There's a huge cannon roll with a car that just does the length of the pit straight. It must be 100 miles an hour. <laughs> going bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And I met Andy Gill. He coordinated with. Um, uh, uh, with Greg Powell on Fast and Furious 6 and I got to work on that doubling Vin Diesel and I met Andy Gill it's like a hero he was he drove the Night Rider car in the oh, 80s okay, the TV the show yeah. well, he's, they, he's driven it all remember that, that movie Hopper okay yeah and there was the guy who directed uh Oh, the Cannibal Run, Ed Needham or Hal oh, Needham. Oh, Hal Needham. Jeez. Yeah, that's like that's the he's yeah. like that level dude. Though, They've driven right? it all. They did yeah. the full guy. All this. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> he he mentioned that he coordinated that film, and I was like, wow, you know. And he was talking about how they tried to get that nominated for a, a stunt award, Taurus stunt award, and they just said, well, obviously that wasn't manned. He said, but it, no, it was manned. There was a man in there, and they didn't believe even the stunt board. They reviewed these <laughs> pieces like of footage. Like, there wasn't someone yeah. in there. Just, yeah, yeah, there was a guy in there. Oh man! So they they drive them in, and it, it's still it's so accurate. They it may look just crazy, but they have to go in with a cannon. So you give a, a release button. So you basically got this big hydraulic slug yeah. sitting next to you. Who is the? I, I want to hear. I want to hear the idea being pitched to the director. Oh, you want a car crash? It's probably one of those guys like Will Ferrell. Those guys all smoke a lot, way too much weed. Yeah. And they're probably like, all right, we want the thing to barrel roll from here. So those trees over there, it's like a hundred yards, man. Yeah, no, just do it. And then how do you facilitate that? I yeah. mean, without going, we're going to have to kill people to do it. Like the driver's going to have to, he's going to have to die, you know? I think that's where the, stunt, the skill of these drivers, because, I mean, I do limited, a very limited of that kind of thing. Um, I've done some turnovers and I've done some cannons, but nothing like that, that one in Talladega. Like cannon, you mean that's making the car jump, Makes right? it flip. Yeah. But I've watched 
particularly there's some guys in UK do it brilliantly too but um, some of the US guys on Transformers um, and saying well, we want where do you want where's the car going to land and he said well from where, where you've got the camera pointing I'm going to put it here and they point to a kind of like two meter square area yeah. and I'm thinking geez put a piece of black blue tack on the ground and see if, <laughs> yeah. see if he scratches this off oh man and sure enough they stick it there so they gauge it just on experience they drive off either um, a pipe ramp so they drive up a, a, like a, a straight piece of, of metal that flips the car over or or you use one of these um, hydraulic slugs to, to send it. And that's built into the car, right? Built so into it, it like pops and just knocks the guitar up the guitar. Exactly, like, <laughs> like a door inch, but powered. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, a door hinge, yeah, that, that flips you over. And it's incredible. And they, they can put it where they where they want it. The good guys, um, they know it from the speed and from, you know, from rehearsing it. And it's just bang, and over it goes, and, and there it lands. Yeah, I mean, I know about rehearsing, like, Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple, like, 150,000 times in my life. But imagine, I mean, you probably have... The rehearsal must be so awesome for people who don't do it every day. Like, what are you doing today? I'm going to practice this car flipping over yeah. about 20 times, man. And also the money that's involved in these movies, like, you know, they give you brand new cars to do everything. It's like... They do. I mean, is it like still product placement where like a company... I mean, James Bond gets the Aston Martins, yeah. right? Yeah. And they give them pretty much anything else too, right? That's it. So I, the first Bond I did was Quantum of Solace mm-hmm. after I'd done that crazy cannon roll. Um, See, dude, that movie was slept on because water, my brother, is the most important thing in yeah. the world. And we keep, we're sleeping on it. And then obviously that was a little ahead of its time, that whole story. Stealing the water. I yeah. thought that was a scary plot. Yeah, man. But we had 12 cars for that, 12 Astons, all of which got destroyed. So it's quite a big budget. <laughs> a lot of dudes crying right now listening. It's like, oh, no, yeah. they killed it. It was sad. But actually, the, is there a moment, though, when you bust a car that because it's probably fun to do it now right we're like haha that car this guy got I love it after the first one being I was in a pristine car and it got to me a little that the art department came along with a sledgehammer and some chalk and said okay so they ripped the door off it but to make this one match where the car was in the movie in the scene. this is that sequence where they're going in Italy to yeah. The theater, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're going through the quarry at that point and he, he said yeah we're just going to do some continuity damage and just cranking it in so they, they smashed it to pieces with the sledgehammer then they got um, their punch and they punched a load of holes in the windscreen standing knife they, they butchered the all the Alcantara the suede Ooh, dashboard man. and they, they made it match but yeah I, I love it I mean we got to smash um, to, I'll work on this film this Doctor Strange we did um, we had two Lamborghinis and uh, I thought that was quite economical really but we Just had to, two? Uh, we had to smack it into a lamppost and then it, it flew off the side of a road and into smithereens Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, I was driving a Lamborghini recently, and they're pretty much like, they're the engine and the suspension, and then it's just kind of like the cool stuff that's put on the outside of the chassis. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't think if we had, a, a like, a, a duffel bag, we, like, you know, just an overnight bag, we could have put that fit. in the car. There was, like, a suitcase they give you yeah. or whatever. Now, with those cars... You take your Oreos. Be yeah, I'll probably get my, probably maybe my bottle of water in there. But with, with all the cars 
like you, do you think like how was it 14 you said on Quantum Solace 12 yeah. 12 for that one that one sequence right do we they filmed give them it for four months yeah it's incredible was... for, for three minutes so what was the planning like of that do you, you guys you guys sit down and then you do map it out like on on paper and things like that we have uh, we uh, basically the team get together so we were out in Italy for about a month before we started shooting Recru- just getting acclimatised you know? <laughs> getting acclimatised speaking a little Italian eating ice cream putting on a few pounds and took the measured the road so we've got the usual scanning devices to kind of get the width and, and length of these um, things and then obviously you don't have the gradient but we then took it to a flat airfield and then we recreated that so we had got ribbons and cones and all that okay. sort of stuff and you can then recreate the, the crucial thing is the timing and like it, you know when you're when you're working with a team of people but we had about 25 of us in some of these scenes driving different vehicles <clears throat> and that just meant everybody could get into the rhythm of what we were going to do and because uh, we had uh, using both sides of the road overtaking onto the, onto the, through blind corners and everything you kind of needed to know what was coming before yeah. you got there yeah. so that's how we rehearsed that for yeah, for weeks Damn. we burned through I think 160 sets of tyres on the Aston and <laughs> wow. we had these three poor alphas you know, getting beaten up but getting, getting yeah, shot and hit with the puncher and all that kind of but stuff but preparation yeah, it's everything like, you, could, you could when you see something that took that long whittled down and, and edited to such like a, a razor's edge like that that's all those bond sequences but that in particular because you were in it do you watch it and just be like yeah man yeah <laughs> it's great I mean you you cry when you think of the scenes that don't make it mm-hmm. because the editor has to cut 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 yeah right but that's pretty brutal I wish they I mean it would be wonderful if they released half the stuff we did because we filmed so much uh, you know and you think oh how did they make that decision but no it's great it's to see it on the big screen it's awesome and the the the, t- the crews and the directors they're so talented you the way they shoot it it's so well lit it's so well shot yeah. and um i think that's what makes these things timeless and it's a little different to tv yeah well obviously working on tv it's like you know i've done tv and i've done film and just as an acting standpoint everything in film is like they want to make sure that blade of grass over there is perfect and they can because they have that kind of budget yeah. that much but attention to detail in television especially when you when you first started working as the stick right it's it, when you watch that show it's like wow this is they're doing this and you seem like if and I don't mean to diss the other three dudes I don't know them right but knowing you it seems like they're just pretty much going alright dude here's some here's some freaking celebrity they don't know how to drive they're going to try to drive just 45 minutes to your letter and then they go off and have a cup of tea they come back and you're like alright the guy hasn't killed anybody I got him through this thing yeah. you know, it's almost like you're kind of like the crash <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying they're like alright we got to do something with this guy before he wrecks the I mean at, when they shot that was that at that was on was that the what was the name of the airfield they Dunsfold got? Dunsfold now they did a whole bunch of other stuff like movies on that thing right yeah they filmed Casino Royale a lot yeah. of that was there we rehearsed a lot of Quantum Solace there before we went to Italy I mean that's doubled for so many locations because it's got a lot of hangers and yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty useful we actually filmed um, Secret Service Kingsman we did some scenes yeah. there as well oh, we, we, when we did the Kingsman uh, we were at was it the Huntsman they actually stuck me in that shop to get me that remember that crazy jacket I was wearing oh yeah and then okay. you were like well you were dressed like that dude it had to do with something like that but I didn't know you were in that movie too yeah great so film. what was the movie that you got called for you were like they have cars in that and I know you can't say the one we can't talk about sure <laughs> well there, yeah there is one coming up that's, that's going to be exciting that comes out next year boyhood dream for me but yeah I'm not allowed to discuss it but it was a heap, heap of fun yeah, there's always I suppose um well, I did, I did a piece on John Carter of Mars, which uh, I thought, how how many cars are there on Mars? And yeah. Of course, there weren't, but there was a spaceship flying around, so I got to pilot pilot a camera that was replicating the, the spaceship. So, I mean, this is it. There's a lot of these shots that um, are really there. It's all about the stunt performers who are doing their fights or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it might be getting a perspective or a point of view and flying a camera, and that's when we got, we've got things like the Russian arm. We've got a big Mercedes with a with a camera on a on an arm that can rotate 360 degrees around the car very 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 quickly you can pitch this thing high and low so you get these unbelievable shots and when you think geez how did the camera get in there and then out and then move so quickly it's probably because it's attached to a car or a drone you know that's the other way of doing it now so yeah i did i told you i did that crazy tv show years ago when i was driving cars around london they had like they call them a jib truck and it's pretty much a a truck with a camera on a big arm that and there's a guy kind of working this arm crane yeah crane he's he's and when i was driving I was driving on the right-hand side of the car. I was in England, and he was sticking the camera in the left-hand side of the handheld, car. or was it attached to the roof? No, he was handheld. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, he, it was it was on a crane. Okay. But he was driving it from inside the truck or okay. on the back of the truck or something. That's but the it thing. was nuts, man. I mean, 
and I thought that was like next level tech, you know, and then you see how these, some of these things in the films go. I mean, it's almost as if, do you think a lot of times, because they say like tech is driven by entertainment, right? So the cameras are getting better because the movies need them to be better, right? Computer graphics are getting better because they need them better. Are cars getting more responsive or more powerful or, you know, have different attributes because of movies now? Like you see like Bumblebee, like no one really liked that that Camaro when it came out. Now everybody likes that yeah. Camaro, you know? I think, yeah, well, I guess... Not that just Camaros, I mean, you know, but... They've got a lot better. Yeah. I mean, the, the 70s and 80s, those machines, I love them. I mean, I mean they don't drive in brilliantly, but they look... Yeah, smoking the Bandit grew up watching those great chase but That was like films. a Firebird, though, technically, wasn't it? Yeah. Trans Am Firebird. But they rebooted those in the mid-90s, and they were awful, yeah. those cars. All of them. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. So not I remember I, I, I had a little piece of money back then. I was going to buy one, and I was like, this is... I can't do it. I, I was like, I can't do it, man. But the new generation... They're amazing. So the new Ford Mustang, the, the new Camaro, they, they look good. They got right-hand drive, drive ones around here. I saw one. I saw If it was like a yeah. bullet kind of knockoff, yeah. like the dark green and the black rims and shit. That's what you want. Yeah, man. And they drive properly. Well, And, and then for Europeans, they drive like European cars, but they've got the power and they're rear-wheel drive. So if you're going to you know, pay a fortune for a BMW or a Mercedes, you can go and get an American muscle car that yeah. handles and has the, the grunt. So, um, and you can, you'll maybe put a, put a kid's seat in the back of that. Yeah, you can't, they've got space. You can, yeah. you can drift it and scare your whole family. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there. How much movies have driven that? I don't know. I guess that's why product placement works. You get to, you know, we, we, love, we love these stories. Even if it's fictitious, you can drive something like that, drive an Aston and feel inside like you're James Bond. Well, I mean, people, so, that's why people buy those old Aston. I, saw, I, I used to live in London. The guy next to me had one. I was like, why'd you get that? He goes, I fucking love James Bond, yeah. dude. And like, that's it. You and know? that car is the DBS. Oh, yeah. Is, man, it was, it's such a good car. And you see, you, I think you, people can tell. You can tell that it handles well yeah. um, from, from what you see on screen. Kind of people can make their own decision on that. And, well, also, uh, I mean, it's driven by the just best drivers in the world, yourself included. But remember that, what was that one that, that was a remote control car, like Piers Brosnan? BMW. And like, yeah, that, they did BMW for like one movie, right? Yeah. And that was it. Now, even that car got, got cool points, and that was a totally uncool car. Crashed it into the Avis. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Love that. That's what it, what it deserved. Yeah, it had this little, like, you know, it had this little Blackberry kind of yeah. controller and stuff. But life's imitating that. The tech side is, is pretty wild at the moment with um, the self-driving tech that's coming yeah. through. Which yeah, you said you were working things. with some stuff like that. That's kind of interesting, man. Well, I think it's, it's fascinating because <clears throat> through the period of time I've been testing these different cars to the limit you get a feeling for how good or bad ABS systems are mm-hmm. I remember being disappointed when um, with one of these cars we were playing but it was a Lotus when you spun backwards um, the ABS would cut in and you had no braking it's like standing on a brick the brakes didn't stop you at all wow. so if you spun at 60 you would go backwards at 60 until something stopped you but the brakes weren't going to do it it's like tyre scrub maybe so you realise that's that's, an, that's a system fault with the yeah. ABS and, and a human foot would have done a better job um, a few times when I've had um, yeah, systems go wrong or ABS cut out halfway through a corner and you, you press the brakes and it makes the car want to spin um, or steering failure and stuff like that um, particularly with the newer systems with electric power steering the, the if you if you really push the car around the steering gives up on you those things obviously won't happen on a day to day basis for most people but once you've experienced it yeah. you become a little cynical <laughs> yeah, so, well, hey I almost completely ended it all there with yeah. that car let's fix that you know so, but it's part of it. There's no game. There's no changing that. And of course, the next level is is getting a robot to do the job and uh, creeping up on it. You know, it was that movie. It was uh, Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone. Remember that man? Yeah. When he's driving the Jimmy Cab, and it's just a computer dude. Like, hey, I'm Jimmy Cab or whatever. Him. He's coming. Yeah, he's coming. You you were saying it's coming quicker than we actually think. Yeah, I took I took one already. I, t- I took a Jimmy Cab from Heathrow to the hotel that was uh, you know connected on their loop. Oh yeah. In one of these little self-driving pods, and it was a, it was very apologetic. It was, it was taking longer than it expected, and it, it drove me through. It's like a mini train, but it was a it was a pod. I think that all the manufacturers are have committed themselves to get it oh, working, yeah, yeah. and you can see that it will happen in the cities first at low speed. I think it'd be hard for them in rural places purely because the cameras will get covered in dust or manure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, like we were actually it. saying, because last time we were talking, we were in that car, and we were kind of in the countryside. I said, I live in a rural area, and, you, and you're like, you wouldn't have to really worry about that for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, because you're saying now that, I mean, what, what was it like? I think every, every major automobile manufacturer has a product that is either coming out or is out. 
Yeah. That's electric car. And then with electric car, then driverless car, the technologies, they're just, they're, what was that thing that happened recently with the Google car? Mm. Like it misunderstood something and then there was a fatal crash or something yeah. like that. But they were like, that has to happen. And it's kind of like, it does in a way. And it's a horrible thing to have happen. Anybody lost a life is terrible. But for any for a computer to learn that, no, that's just the white side of a panel truck, not the sky. Yeah. Something bad has to happen, right? Basically, the, the computer systems, they are the teenager yeah. learning to drive, making occasional mistake um, en masse. And, um, yeah, like you say, there's, all the manufacturers are now changing how their drive system, you know, the, the, how, how will the cars be powered. The, the electric thing's interesting because if everybody suddenly bought tomorrow an electric vehicle, they wouldn't be able to plug them in. Yeah. How would they get from A to B? They wouldn't get... There's not enough charging points. But then this the new solar charging and storage is coming. It's, it's just got to catch up a little. But that's why it seems to be... There's, I think the intermediary is hybrid, so you've got a combustion with electric working together. Yeah, it's so pretty effective. Yeah, th- those things are... I mean, I remember when the Prius first came out and Leo DiCaprio got one. It's like, mm. it's next level, man. I was like, yeah, okay, but it's ugly, man. And less efficient than a diesel. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that great at the beginning. It, yeah, I, mean, I knew the idea behind it. He's very, you know, he's he's all about that kind of stuff. And I heard, I knew his point, but now the cars that are coming out that are, I guess, what do they call them, green? Yeah. They're actually, you can, they're like, some of them are 100% green, man. Yeah. Electric, I mean, geez, the, the Tesla's around 300 miles. You, Is that that's what they were saying? That's the, the outs- range. Yeah. yeah, that's the range everybody wants to hit, right? But actually, you never use really more than sixty percent of your battery because mm-hmm. it takes a hell of a long time. If you if you deplete it to to eighty percent, it takes a long time to go to a hundred. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's quite quick. Yeah, and if you go if you go below twenty, it, it, again, it takes it takes a very long time. So what you really try to work is between twenty and eighty percent. That's okay. re- that's, that's, your, that's your sweet spot for so, the battery charge. Yeah, so you could do three hundred miles, but really you don't want to get below twenty, mm. and you never want to charge it full. Um, and, and if you do it that way, you can charge quite quickly. I mean, it's rare though. How many people really have to do those big long journeys all the time? And if you can work it out right, you can either charge it at home or you get a fast charging point. You, you mm-hmm. kind of find a way. But I think wouldn't it be amazing if everyone can draw power from solar panel? Save it. I mean, didn't homeboy Elon Musk say that? He, I mean, he also he built a solar panel, uh, solar tiles. Yeah, yeah, that's cheaper than a roof tile, which I think yeah. is amazing. That's all right. That's what we need more more dudes like him. And I'm glad he's not a Bond villain. Although, yeah, you know, he could be in a future film. But his, I mean, his cars. He started making them looking good and appeal to yeah. people who love automobiles, and that's the thing. I, I didn't. I thought there was a disconnect with all that kind of stuff, and I'm I'm kind of for the ecology. I got children. I want them to have yeah. you know a good life on planet Earth with grass and fresh air and fresh water. Yeah. So I'm down with that, but I still like the look of a nice car. Yeah. And whenever they started, when they started doing it, they only kind of made them for, you know. Uh, like, for lack of a better term, like English teachers with too many cats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't mean to diss English teachers with too many cats, but it seemed like it was like a bumper car looking car. Yeah, no, it's too too straight. Yeah. What's good, I mean, and DiCaprio got involved with this, the Formula E series, mm-hmm. so they kind of, they look a little like Formula One cars yeah. with battery power. One of the things, it's but kind they're of... they're quick, dude. They're right? pretty quick. They're not quick enough yet, but they're oh. getting there. It's kind of laughable. They have to change cars halfway through the race because it runs out of battery, which doesn't look good. But they've already got a handle on it. The yeah. next, the next battery, you can do the whole race on one car. So the evolution is so rapid that their speeds are going to come up every year. So the sl- they do 140 mile an hour now. Probably in two years they're going to be doing 175, then 180, and sure enough, you give it 10 years, they'll be doing Formula One speeds and with yeah. electric power. And they and they're developing the systems of the future. And a lot of them can. I guess retain charge and charge a battery while they're while they're, the wheels are turning as well, which is another yeah. thing. Didn't Elon Musk say he's coming out with a new battery now or something? So it might actually be that might be the whole big breakthrough. Well, the other one is you could do a smart road where you charge on the the, the road's got the power in it. Yeah, like a strip. Yeah. Yep. So, so so where do you envision people who like driving being in ten years? Because like I think didn't you tell me like you, you could drive if you choose to yeah <laughs> you know you'd have to choose to drive meanwhile everybody else is sitting like looking in their phones and shit I hope that they, you can still do it I guess it'll be a smaller percentage I know people are addicted aren't they to, to the screens the small screen mm. so um, for them maybe they won't care if there's a steering wheel in the car or not it's just a Jimmy car and he Jimmy <laughs> does the driving gets you there and, and you, you work yourself to death or just or get some more Facebook time <laughs> but right. for good roads I, I want to be driving it and especially if while while the systems are learning in bad conditions, I'd rather be in control of my destiny. So mm-hmm. the autopilot can can wait. But yeah, I guess off road probably, and uh, meet either on a you know in, in your four by four and some mud. 
particularly in the US where you've yeah. got the space yeah. I don't see the Ford 150 dying out anytime soon people, yeah that, that's a car right? you guys have got crazy st- statistic actually I think it's the majority of your roads in the US are not paved yeah it's off road yeah and in that environment with dust flying cameras can get blocked whereas um, human eyeball is still after a few million years on top and um, maybe less so in the UK obviously Monaco is 100% tarmac yeah, yeah. a driver you know a robot can handle that so <laughs> well, it really yeah we figured they'd be handling that already over in Monaco <laughs> yeah so I might have to might have to go and hang out in Colorado darling I need to go some. to show pod well Jimmy Cab's waiting for yeah. you honey. but uh, I, that is something I didn't really think about that in the United States I mean also in the United States it's people are still kind of I don't want to say a little bit backwards about the idea but it's not sold 100% because I just think people are you know that whole libertarian streak of yeah. Americans you know what I'm saying you live there you know how it is so I, in a lot of ways if it makes your life easier and I'm talking about in a European mentality or a British mentality it makes your life easier and it's safe okay let's give it a shot yeah. And America's like, wait, wait, hold on. Why are you trying to tell me what to do with my life? Well, that's you know? it. <laughs> Someone starts saying that. You're like, okay, guess no, no one's going to be having driverless cars in America for a minute. I think in the cities, because look at Uber. Mm. It's so prevalent in the, you know, LA, yeah. places like that. I, I could see that it would easily um, happen because what's the, you know, for the for the consumer, what's the difference? It's uh, yeah. it's actually nice having conversation, though. I think that's a sad thing that these guys are going to get replaced. Well, like you said, people really got to check their Facebook status while they're in the Uber yeah. on the way to the club from dinner. That's it. <laughs> But outside, you know, everywhere in between New York and LA, I think um, freedom rules, and you're going to be out in your truck yeah. doing what you want to do at the wheel, uh, yeah. and I think that's going to stick around. And the same here, there's, there's you, know, you go as soon as you go out the cities, it's it's pretty real. Yeah, I I, I thought that the, that when you said oh it, the rule thing because it'll, it'll get dusty, it'll get dirty, these mirrors and the cameras, mm-hmm. I was like, duh, of course. I didn't even think about that until you you started talking about it with me, and then I started going back and thinking about all the different. Uh, the different really scary incorrect things people said about like car traveling you know I mean, we didn't wear, when I was a kid we didn't wear seatbelts man yeah seatbelts get you killed that's what I heard and if you did have a seatbelt it was just the one that went across your waist yeah. like in an it's airplane for show. The, like the one in the airplanes for show Christ yeah. if an airplane's gonna crash that one little belt going across your lap it's gonna cut you in two you could have proper crashes in those with those bench seats yeah there was no even in the front row yeah. was a was a, you could fit all the whole family on the yeah. on the front seat and you know drive through liquor stores I mean yeah. you know cars still have ashtrays in all the armrests which is kind of bizarre Bonkers. Yeah. It's like in this country, it's illegal to smoke in a car with children or people under 18, right? So all these little tabs of, like, uh, freedom that has taken away, or actually things we have learned about ourselves. We don't do dumb shit anymore. Like, you can't drink and drive. I mean, obviously, things like that. But, like... But where even, does it stop? Yeah, where, where does it stop? Because you said the ABS thing, it's all it's meant to help, right? It, but it doesn't. It kind of... It, it's... It sounds... It's very hard to... Put an argument against ABS without sounding like um, a, a freak of you know or someone who enjoys danger. But actually, there's, um, you know, it seems like there's more danger in it than there is. At least, so according to the studies that I've read, and, and maybe I've only read the ones I liked, but um, people could stop faster when the, with the, before the ABS happened. Um, it gave you a few more scares, but you were more connected to what the car was doing. Um, ABS made it easier but you didn't stop any sooner and actually people then um, abused the system and, and would break in the middle of a corner and end up flipping over a hedge where you're more likely to turn, o- turn over the car and, and cause yourself further injury. So that side of it, the tech didn't really help, but it, it's built in now to all the other systems that, that control the car. If it's, um, if you get a skid on ice or whatever, the car will try and fight for control for you. Mm-hmm. But it is things that are being taken away from you. Um, and it's, that's like even the, it's like the new fighter planes. They, they can't fly. They're fly like, by wire. yeah, because they're, yeah, they're aerodynamically yeah. not capable of actual uh, and, gliding. You know. Yeah, and, and if you ask the pilot, they'll say exactly the same thing as me, which is that because of the fly-by-wire system and because of the computer, you have to be a better pilot now to fly them to, mm-hmm. to know you can't feel the limit. You don't feel anything in yeah, the rudder. Yeah, the stick ain't moving around. The no. wheels not jutting or whatever. Which same problem we have with the electric power steering as opposed to hydraulic. You don't feel the tire when it's when it's skidding. You've lost connection. So. For me, the best cars are really anything predating 2010. Mm-hmm. After that, we're slightly going backwards. It's um, it's a tough one. So buy old. Buy old. Yeah, I mean, I got an older car. I, I never really bought new cars because, you know, I never really had a car in the city, right? That's probably why I didn't really drive a whole lot. 
but when when people buy new cars, they got so much. I mean, the computer's pretty much running the car. Like I, I know my way around from when I was in the Marines. I know my way around an engine, a car engine, like an old engine. <laughs> you know, you lift it up, you go, oh, that's that, that's that, and you can yeah. kind of work around it. Now, like I mean, I had I used to have a Cayenne. I opened it up, it's all sealed in plastic. Yeah, yeah. with it's, like a little thing right there where you could put your your washer fluid. I was like, oh. Wow. And there's more. Goes. I I phoned the. I had to phone up um, Audi. It was, I phoned the dealer, I had a, uh, A5, and uh, I said, look, I'm really embarrassed. Uh, I can't find the dipstick. Just make, your, make whatever one-line joke you want to make, and yeah, then we'll yeah. be done. He said, no, it doesn't have one. He said, it's got an electronic, <laughs> they said, it's got an electronic sensor, and often it's faulty. So I was pouring oil into this thing, because uh, the beeper said to. And then, uh, yeah, overfilled it. He said, it'll just spew it out the back, and that's fine. So, yeah, you have to take it back to get a light bulb changed. So the days, and again, it's a, it's a lack of connection. It's a kind of everything is sending us towards something where the car does it for you, or tries to. But uh. well, I mean that's that's one of the things that when when I was growing up, you know, especially in the United States, cars equaled freedom, and freedom was American. And I know that was pretty much with every young person, probably when they first got a, a license, they felt that f- rush of freedom and stuff like that. And with that, I guess comes a lot more regulation that we bargained for. And snooping. Yeah. It's going to be the most um, heavily snooped on. I mean, you look at your iPhone. Yeah, well, they've got those new apps that you can get for your car to make you be a yeah. more more conservational driver or a better driver, where they kind of pretty much eavesdrop on you yeah. <laughs> and tell you, you were, you were speeding, there, tickets in the mail. You know, the, your iPhone is listening to you. It's, it's watching what you eat, where you go, mm-hmm. what you do. And uh, of course, this next device is going to is going to know everything because it's going to know everywhere you've travelled to. Um, yeah, I don't know that side of it's a little spooky. Not to mention the hacking. They yeah. could go on. There could be someone in another continent having well, some I saw, fun. I saw something the other day about someone they, they hacked into a Google self drive car and drove it into a ditch yep. just to say they could do it. And they, they weren't. I mean, it was wasn't malicious. It was like some guys ten miles away doing it within conjunction. But yeah, they hacked. I think a million Fiat's. Wow. And played with the. I think they had a control of uh, things like braking and power, which is which is relevant. Yeah, that's real relevant. Where are you going? Yeah. And they can make a Tesla. What is it? I watched some guys. Um, they could make it uh, accelerate and stop. And they could open the hood. Was it the hood or the, the trunk? When you were driving. Stuff that's quite distracting. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like the, the hood just popping up in front of you, kind of yeah. obscuring your view, and then the brakes not work. See, that, all those things, I guess, we wouldn't have that problem if we just realized, I guess, more, more often than not, that we're just monkeys with alcohol. And then if we curb the alcohol, we could probably, you know, drive cars without having computers do it for us. Yeah, that's a big one. And, and actually, it, I still I still love driving. I've got a ba- very very basic Land Rover, which has got nothing on it except what I do. And actually, even from just driving a few modern cars, I'm always expecting it to beep when I'm reversing. You have yeah, to come, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start to play with those systems, <laughs> and you get reliant on it. I just love it. I just love the simplicity of it. Like I wanted to get an old Defender, right? Yeah. And I'm, I, I still may. I mean, the car I have now is basically the family car, yeah. right? Because you, you saw the two car seats in the back. I got my kids, you know. So for me, I just want to make sure that they're safe. And I, when I first got that car, it was, I, it's a Range Rover, and I got back ended by some kid in like a little Fiat or whatever in a 30 mile an hour zone. I was stopped waiting for someone to turn off in front of me. So you and were fine. But I you... was fine. The kid's car was totaled, yeah. and yeah. he was like, "My my phone is bent," and I was like. Hi, <laughs> kid. And I, I, you know, I just saw the kind of like you know, the, the way that car is like a tank. Yeah. That's what I think is like what I need in a vehicle yeah. right now. And I know those old Defenders. I mean, from being in the Marines, I hung out with a lot of those English cats that had those Defenders. And I was like, "What do you guys got on the side of those things?" They're like gas cans. It's like, oh, really? So they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "All right, good luck." Yeah, no, well, those were the Royal Marine guys. They they had all the luck in the world. Man. Yeah, yeah, for real. So to kind of like. To talk a little bit about, I guess, your ethos. I mean, we did talk about, like, you know, how you approach things. I think it's really important. And the book kind of touches on it a lot, too. And the reason I liked hanging out with you after reading the book, too, is like, I like the way you look at the world, right? And we did touch on it just now about uh, the, the, the freedom of it all and the liberty and, and things that people can do given left to their own devices yeah. in a lot of ways, right? In, in a society now that kind of doesn't value a hard day's work or, you know, practicing something to get good at it because you could play guitar star online or whatever it is those kind of look yeah. I think it's all I think it's coming back now people actually having uh, integrity and having uh, a strength of character and and putting things together for themselves and and like I said acquired knowledge I think I said that before it's like yeah. a big word of mine now but it's shit that you don't you're not as smart as your phone you know what I mean like stuff you actually retain yeah and, and that's one of the things I took from you on this is like you're one of those dudes that's you, you've been doing it your whole life, and now I think 
people are starting to realize through that whole, I guess it was like we were, over the last 20 years with the internet, I guess it was exponentially thrown out there. We could do all this crazy stuff, but now we're kind of coming back. Like the rubber band's pulling us all back into the core human values yeah. of doing stuff, <clears throat> especially with cars. And cars are... There's so much junk online about driving. Yeah. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's and the it, thing. It was blah, 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 you know. Yeah. I remember this. There was a, I saw this lady. It was in the winter here, and um, I, I was in the middle of nowhere, and, and uh, she was trying to get down this hill on ice. And I was watching it. It was incredible because the back end was sliding everywhere. And I was trying to work out what... So I could see she was going to be in the ditch. So I went up. She was about 75 years old. And I said, can I help you? Can I help you do, do whatever it is you're trying to do? Looks like you're trying to hurt, kill yourself or whatever. <laughs> I can and, help uh, you do that. <laughs> so, yeah. She said, I'm trying to get to the bottom of the hill. And I said, I said, yeah. I said, what are you doing? And she said, well, my husband told me to use the handbrake, you know, to, which just makes the rear tyre skid. Yeah. Now, technically, on a flat, that could help. So there was a kind of a tiny piece of information yeah, that yeah. could be relevant, but was the worst thing she could do on, the, on this hill. And you just realise there's lots of tiny pieces of information or advice that, that go out, you know, uh, sort of urban myths of driving and, yeah. and the sheer junk on the internet. And I thought, no, got to do something for real. And, and actually even looking then, when I went to find out about how our driving test in Britain was, was created, it goes back to a, a book that was made for the police in the 1930s on how to drive a car with a steering wheel that was as big as a yacht <laughs> it had four horsepower it did like 30 mile an hour it was completely irrelevant for driving <laughs> yeah. a modern car Perfect. so yeah come yeah, on. that's we, what we're doing now let's update and and that was that was kind of fun but yeah there is and and the physics of it are universal so it works in the yeah whether you're us or or britain ice is the same tarmac is the yeah. same and then your human approach you know, is, is, is unique to each person but really we're all trying to do the same thing is do things well yeah and also with a little bit of panache as well man I mean there's, there's a style content and a lot of times it's style over substance but with someone like you you can see the substance is there and when you taught me how to drive that really fancy car man I took that that uh, I guess the confidence that you gave me in saying if I if I know the the basic elements of how to make this car stop and make this car go and do yeah. it safely Sorry, R2. He doesn't agree with me. He's coming. Yeah, he's coming, man. I went the next week and I was driving these old, like, 1920s uh, Bentley and an old 1920s Ford yeah. and stuff like that. And I had no business being behind the wheel, I think, but I handled it, Ben. That's real deal. Yeah. They're hard. But, but I handled it because I had, the, you know, I, I got a little boost from your book, man. Yeah. So I, I think anybody who drives a vehicle, if you don't drive, if you tune out and drive, read this, and when you go to drive, you'll know what's up and we'll have a new generation of people who know how to fucking drive. I hope so. It yeah. could be great because we, we can all communicate on that um, subconscious level. Well, absolutely, man. We, we need more connection on that, man. You want a cookie, man? I'm tempted, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to have these suckers. I'm going to bite one of those. Mm. See if you get these guys to sponsor them in podcast, man. <laughs> That'd be great right now. I've got to try that golden one, though. Yeah, we'll go I was robbed of that. My boy Fast, he, you know, he lives out here, too. He's from Brooklyn. There's like a the thing called like an AmericanFoods.com or something like that. They had everything. So, I mean, you said you spent a lot of time when you were younger there. Or you remember like, you know... Like Mountain Dew or something like that, you can still get that stuff. Twinkies, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got Twinkies. They got Twinkies local now, man. Did you know what the killer was? Was those fruit pies? Do you oh, yeah, man, yeah. With like the, a pasty, but yeah, but they were half a icing sugar. Oh pie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Did you ever look at the back of that? I went back. No, that's the whole point. You never look at the back of those, dude. <laughs> it's eight hundred calories. Wow. It's that tiny fruit slice. Well, who's it makes it? It's got um, they're the, the cherry, apple, and lemon. No, I, I know. Is it uh, Drake's? Drake's cakes? Not Drake's. Then it's hostess. hostess. Not host. Not hostess. I don't think it was hostess. But it was the fruit pie. I flipped one of those over and thought, "Wow, yeah. that's only that's only something you can eat up to, up to the age of 20 Yeah, man. Then then, <laughs> then it all gets different, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you taking the time on a beautiful day to hang with me. I love and, it and talk, man. No, it's been great. Well, we need to get out. We need we need more track time. Yep. Get in some more quick cars. Get out yeah. on a Grand Prix track, maybe. You know what? I I think it would be a good TV show, like you and me rolling around finding cool places to drive cars. And, you know, what I'll do is I'll set up, like, the restaurant for the evening. Driving like, yeah. no, you, like you do the You do the heavy driving and having fun with all these cool cars, and I'll, like, make reservations, and we'll go out and talk about the cars over dinner. That's a plan. Yeah, man. We'll start the Amalfi Coast. I think the Amalfi, <laughs> and also, actually, um, Scotland now as well. Yeah? North of Scotland. They've now got their, their, their equivalent of Route 66. Oh, yeah. The five, it's called the 500. It joins up all the north coasts 
and you can just go from you know one fishing village to the next oh, picking some seriously good food and yeah. it's you know it's sunny it's kind of, it, you wouldn't think so because well, no, it's uh, up north being cold but oh, cold smalls man but Amalfi and then Route 500 okay. well yo if anybody's listening and you're driving you'll drive better if you read Ben's books yeah, it's called How to Drive stay safe Thanks, be lucky <laughs> stay classy thank you well, look at 59 minutes on the button oh, son damn you're the man we're perfect what a dude what a gentleman and I like that that TV show idea too that might work bro <laughs> so stay tuned for that one so as you all know my city New York is my first love and it's about this time of year I take a little hiatus to go back to the homeland with the famo so while I'm chilling in Brooklyn I'm taking a short hiatus from the pod for a couple of weeks, and I'll be back in September, no doubt, with some awesome episodes that I captured on the island of Manhattan. Some really interesting people I got lined up. Until then, you can catch me on the social media nonsense. Follow me on Twitter at Official Huey and Facebook at uh, Official Huey Morgan, and I'll be going live for your delight over there, so be sure to hang. I do a little back and forth, a little Q&A with my peoples on the Facebook Live. And hey, I'm going, but I'm going to be back, so stay subscribed and take this opportunity to leave us one of them nice reviews. It helps new folks find us, frankly, and help spread the word, tell your friends, and check the back catalog. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Huey off the record, fans. I love you, and I'll see you in September on your special device. Until next time, y'all stay classy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.